Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Again, welcome. It's uh, so good to just be able to come and, and share with you our hearts. We really miss you guys. I mean, this, this 9 a.m. service, this 11 a.m. service, I mean, all the people that we've been missing. We love you guys, and we miss you. And we wanted to just continue this morning to talk about prayer, persistent prayer, personal prayer. And uh, I've been really challenged in this time because I feel like we've been on a retreat, but yet we're advancing and we're moving forward. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready to move forward? Are you ready to get back into prayer? Are you ready to, to get back into fellowship? I mean, like Acts 2.42, where we're devoting ourselves to the fellowship. We're devoting ourselves to prayer. We're devoting ourselves to breaking bread together. And that's what the body of Christ is all about. So as we begin to, on prayer, I've, I've really been thinking about this. There's a lot of places in scripture where the, where the Lord says, do not do this, but do this. You know, his ways are so much higher than our ways. I mean, he knows he created us. He created everything, every living thing. He created the heavens and the earth and his ways are the best. And so I wanna give a little shout out to all the youth this morning because this is a verse that I love. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. And something as I've gotten older, I've realized this. I don't know if you'll be able to relate to me yet, young people, but we spend a good portion of our lives trying to be older than we are. And then as we get older, we spend a good portion of the rest of our lives trying to be younger than we are. And I believe the Lord wants you to just be you and he wants you to set an example for the believers, whether they're younger or older, in speech, in life, in love and faith and in purity. Here's, a, here's another one, I'm building to something. We're going to Matthew six this morning and there's some do nots and there's some but do this in this chapter, but here's one, 12 to Romans 12 to, I actually had a dream about this verse and I was in, in, the, in the verse, it talks about not conforming any longer to the pattern of this world, but, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And in this dream, I was standing in a mirror and there was a young man standing beside me and he was around maybe 20 years old. And in the dream, he said, can you explain to me what Romans 2 means? And I believe in our culture right now, there's this tendency, the world is trying to conform us into this pattern. 
But you know what I believe? I believe that there are people rising up and saying, no more. I'm not going to conform to this world anymore. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And then it says, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. You'll, you'll know exactly what his will is for your lives. So if you will, will you, will you grab your Bible and will you turn with me to Matthew chapter six? Let's pray. God, bless the reading of your word. Bless our time this morning. And Lord, I pray your kingdom will come to every household as we study, as we read, as we encourage in Jesus' name, amen. The Sermon on the Mount, that's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I believe this is the greatest sermon ever preached and Jesus preached it. I remember being at a youth conference a long time ago and this young guy got up and he said, I am getting ready to preach the greatest sermon ever preached. And he asked us, he said, will you turn with me to Matthew chapter five? And he began to read chapter five. And then he read chapter six. And then he got to chapter seven. And on the last verse, he read it and closed his Bible and walked off the stage. We all just stood there like, well, is he coming back? Is he gonna say anything? And that was it. He didn't come back because you know what? I believe this sermon says it. This sermon Jesus preached is amazing. And I believe what we're going to talk about this morning, there's three secrets in Matthew chapter six that are tucked in there. And we know a lot of them, but I don't think we've taken them to heart. And this morning, I, I wanna encourage us, all of us, me, you, that we would step into these promises, into these secrets. So let's go to Matthew 6. Verse one says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. This is a warning, be careful. Don't do this. But that part that says you will have no reward from your father in heaven. I don't know about you, but when the father offers, offers a reward, I wanna take advantage of it. I wanna be a part of whatever rewards that the father is offering. So let's jump in. So as we read this, I want you to remember three things about this. This, this chapter. These are three things that every Christian, every believer should be doing. And the first one is giving. The first one is generosity. And notice verse two, it says, so when you give, when you give to the needy, here's the do not part, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse three, listen. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your reward, so that your giving may be in secret. 
then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You're going to receive a reward for giving. You're going to receive this reward for doing it in secret. And you know what I believe the reward actually is? It's the pleasure of the father. It's your father's pleasure to give good gifts. It's your father's pleasure when we're good stewards. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a, in a few things. In the small things, I wanna give you more. So I believe in this verse, it's his pleasure when we partner with him in secret. I don't know about you, but yes, I've told other people when I've given. But you know what? I miss the reward. The reward is in secret and the reward is his pleasure. And here's what I really believe. There are keys that unlock the kingdom of God and generosity is one of them. Generosity breaks the back of the enemy because the enemy wants us to be selfish. He wants us to, all about me, but the father wants us to be generous. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the movie Chariots of Fire, but in this movie, he was an Olympic missionary, exactly. He was a missionary around the world, but he was also a runner and he was in the Olympics and he stood for his faith. But in this movie, Eric has this quote and he says, I believe God made me for a purpose, that he also made me fast. I love that. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. When we're doing it the way God asks us to do it, when we do the things we were created to do, we feel his pleasure. And that's what I, I want you to believe. I want you to receive it when I give. So when I give, this is like, this is a given. Every believer should be generous. So when I do it, I do it in secret and I receive a reward. I receive pleasure from the Father when I do it. Let's jump into prayer, the next section. That's verse five. So what can we learn about prayer from the life of Jesus? Well, as I've been studying the scriptures, Jesus was so intentional about getting away with the Father. Like, no matter what, if he, if he had worked all day, if he had walked miles and miles and prayed for all the sick, he was going to get away with his father. And we're gonna read some scriptures about that. But why did Jesus get away so often? And here's what I believe. We're getting ready to get into it. It was in the secret place that he was rewarded by his father. And Jesus knew that when I get away with my father, there's going to be a reward. But why would Jesus really need to get away? He's the son of God. I mean, it seems like he, he wouldn't really need to do that, but no, he knew it. He believed what he preached in chapter six, that there's a reward for the secret place. We know what prayer is from the, from the last week when Aaron spoke. Prayer is just meeting with God. It's a conversation. It's you and the Lord having a conversation together. Let's jump in at verse five. 
And when you pray, here's the do not, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. That part about babbling, you know what I thought about? Have you ever been in the car with someone before? You didn't really know them that well and you have to take a trip or you have to travel for a little while. You overcompensate. You don't like silence, so you babble, you talk. You talk to be talking because no one likes the silence in the car. And so what about you and I? What, what about us? When we get with the Father, do we just talk, be talking? Or are we actually in a conversation? And that's something I've been realizing as I really get serious about my conversations with God. I've been talking at God instead of talking like he's actually in the room. Like his presence, his spirit, his Holy Spirit is inside of me. But when I talk to him, I wanna be in a conversation. I don't wanna change my, my lingo. Like I don't wanna talk in King James. I mean, I wanna talk the way I normally talk. He's my father and he loves me and he wants to talk with me. You know what I believe the reward of being in the secret place is? It's intimacy. I heard Danny Silk say it this way. Intimacy is in to me you see. I'm able to allow the Father to look inside of me and see me. In to me, you see. And then I'm also able to look into the heart of the Father, like we talked about a few weeks ago. I wanna know his heart. I wanna feel what he's feeling. So it's in this intimate place. I want you to look with me at a verse in Psalm 139, 15. I love this. Psalm 139 begins like this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. That's how it begins. And then listen to verse 15. My frame was not hidden. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. We were created in the secret place for the secret place. Just think about it. If I was created in a secret place by the Father, then don't you think he would like to take me back to that secret place? And the reward is intimacy. The reward is his presence. The reward is being with him. I have a, 
a, a story about persistent prayer, about personal prayer. There's a guy in new life. He actually just graduated this year. And in his quiet place, in his secret place with the father, a name came to him. And he said, I want you to start praying for this man, this young man, he's on campus. And so he put a reminder in his phone and for 600, over 600 days, a reminder popped up on his phone to pray for this guy. For over 600 days, every day he prayed for him. And we were on a beach retreat with New Life, our, our college ministry. And I remember I was preaching and the Lord, I just prompted me. He said, just stop what you're doing and give an invitation. And so I stopped and I said, is there anyone in the room that would like to give your life to Jesus? I said, no heads bowed, no eyes closed. I said, we're just going for it. Would anybody in this room like to give their life to Jesus? And his hand shot straight up. And right there, he gave his life to Jesus. And then another young man in that room that night that this family had been praying for for a long time, his hand shot up. He had never asked Jesus into his life. I mean, these guys didn't know where John 3.16 was. They had never even heard it. When we're persistent, when we hear things in the quiet place, it's for a reason. The Father wants to reward us. Can you imagine the reward of that? Can you imagine the joy, the pleasure of the father? But the pleasure of these two guys knowing how they played a part in the praying for over 600 days for this young man to come to Jesus. Let's take a quick look. I want you to either write these down or mark them in your Bible, but let's just take a quick look at what Jesus really did in his prayer life. Now, almost exclusively, he prayed alone. And every, if you look for the times it says Jesus prayed, I can think of a few that he was in public and one was Lazarus when he raised Lazarus from the dead. But he said it was for the, for the hearing of the people, but he was still talking to his father. And then on the cross, you know, he, he yelled, Father, forgive him. I mean, they might've heard him, but he was praying to his father. Listen to this, Mark 6, 46. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. I don't know about you, but I've done a lot of things where I stayed up all night, but I've never stayed up all night praying. Do you know what happened the morning after he prayed all night? He chose the 12 disciples. He chose those that were going to follow him. I believe the father and the son had so much to talk about that they talked all night about the, these 12 guys who they were going to have to be apostles. Mark 1:35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house 
and went away to a secluded place and prayed there. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Luke 9, 18, and it happened that while he was praying alone, the disciples were with him and he questioned them saying, who do the people say I am? Matthew 26, 36, then Jesus came to them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. I believe Jesus' closet was the mountains. Jesus got away to pray by himself alone. I can think about all these mountains around us. I can think of all these rivers and streams and places we could go and meet with God. So if I was going to meet with God, what would I take? I would probably take my Bible. I'd probably take something to write with. I would go as if he was going to speak to me and I was going to write it down because I wouldn't want to forget his words. That's why I keep, I keep encouraging you to get out your Bibles. I mean, my Bible is marked with dates, with underline, with parentheses, because these are places like this is treasure. And God has spoken to me and I actually pray these scriptures at times. I wanna ask you this, this morning. If Jesus said it, don't you think it's important? If Jesus words, they took the time to write these down. This is God's word that he breathed on and it's alive. So if, if he says, when you pray, go into a room and close the door and pray to your father who's unseen. And then your father who sees what's done and quiet in the, in the secret place will reward you. Don't you think it's worth it? Don't you think it's worth taking the time and taking Jesus at his word and doing it? I do. Let's look at the last one. So we have every believer. So when you, when you give, so when you pray, and now is, so when you fast. When was the last time we fasted? I try to make, fasting a part of every week. It's something that I don't always do, but I found a lot of things that, that work. What is fasting? Fasting is when you consecrate yourself to God for a reason. I'm not talking about a hunger strike where you just say, I'm not gonna eat anything and I'm just gonna go about my business. No, when you fast, you take that time. This is what I like to do. When I'm fasting, like if I fast lunch, I'll come in here and just walk this sanctuary and just pray alone. When, I'm, when I would normally be eating, I would just walk here and pray or I sit in my office or I go out to my car or I drive over to the park and I just sit there and I pray and I listen and I talk and I converse with the Lord. So when you fast, verse 16, when you fast, here's the do not, do not look somber as the hypocrites do 
for they disfigure their faces to show others their fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret, there's that word again, it happens three times. In the, in the giving, in the praying, and in the fasting, what is done in secret will reward you. What your father sees, just you and the father, he rewards. Have you ever heard of this term, push prayer? Pray until something happens. When a, it's Mother's Day and the mothers, they've given birth. And what, when they were getting ready to deliver, the doctor, the nurses said, push. They brought, they birthed something. And I believe that the door to God's will is often marked push. There's, you know, if you walk up to a door and it says push, you push and you walk through it. I believe the father has doors that are marked that say push. Pray, pray until something happens. Here's a story, a true story. One of my friends from the UK He's an evangelist, he's a preacher. I believe he worked, he, he moves in the five-fold ministry. But he was in South Africa and he was telling me about these, these ladies that gather to pray and they pray for hours. Like their, their personal prayer life is unbelievable for hours. And then their intercession together is unbelievable. Well, a lady in their village died. She had been dead for 10 hours and the ladies felt in their heart, in their spirit, it was not this time for this lady to die. It was not her time. So they came together. She had been dead for 10 hours and they came together and they started praying. They were in agreement. There's something about the prayer of agreement. There's something about persistent prayer and they begin to pray. Seven hours later, they were still praying. They decided, let's feel her body, let's see. And they felt her body and the lady's body was starting to feel warm. And they, they, they all agreed, let's keep going. They prayed for 11 more hours. 18 hours they prayed. And achoo, the lady sneezed and came back to life. And she stood up and she was fine. I'm telling you, there's something about persistent push prayers. If you look at the, the Sermon on the Mount and you go to chapter seven and you go to verse seven, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened. If you look at that in the Greek, in the tense, in the way it's described, it's ongoing like, 
Continue to ask, continue to seek, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking until something happens. There's power when people get together to pray and seek God. There's a reward to those that diligently seek him. If you take the letter A for ask, the letter S for, I mean, for, yeah, for seek, the letter K for knock, it spells ask. I believe the Father is wanting us to ask and to keep asking and to keep seeking and to keep knocking. You know, I don't wanna talk to God like he's not in the room. I wanna talk to God like he's in the room. You know that song? I don't wanna talk about you like you're not in the room. You know, I know, they, I know the worship team's here. I know they want me to join in. But, but <laughs> I love to sing, but I just, I don't have it. You know what I mean? Some people just have it. But what I do love to do is talk to Jesus. And in my quiet place, I can sing my head off if I want to, because it's a secret. It's just between me and the Father. And I'm here to ask you a question as we get ready to close. Three things. What are you, cont- what are you contending for right now? Is there anything you're push praying about? I've been praying for something for 25 years. And you know what? I'm believing for it. I'm believing this is the year of the breakthrough. I'm contending. But you know what? I've not contended every day. But as I studied this, I wanna contend like the 600 and something days until the breakthrough. That's what I really want. And I believe the Father's asking us, why don't we just ask him, Hey, Lord, how are we doing with this generous thing? How are we doing with this giving thing? Lord, are we, how are we in conversation? How's our prayer time together? And then Lord, when do you want me to fast? What would you have me fast from? Maybe it's skipping TV. Maybe it's turning off the media. Maybe it's just skipping a meal but I believe it's time to seek the Lord. Can you hear it? The invitation to come. The Father's calling all of us. He's calling us into the secret place. And there's such a reward. There's there's such a, a joy that the father has when his kids, when his sons and his daughters return home, when they return to him. So could we together just accept his invitation into the secret place? in those three areas, so when we give, we're going to be more generous, but we're going to do it just when where nobody can see it. 
And when we pray, we're, we're going into that prayer closet or that prayer room to pray and to seek Him. And when we fast, we're just going to do it, just us and the Father. So Father, 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 we say yes to your invitation. I wanna come run to this invitation, Lord, into the quiet place, into the place of worship, into the place of intimacy where you look into me and you see me for who I am. Father, today is a new day for all of us. We are going in to the secret place. We were created in the secret place for the secret place. And so we're thanking you today that you've created a space, a place for us to come to meet with you. And help us to get, just give us a picture, Lord, where you wanna meet with us, where you want us to go and when you want us to meet there. Whether it's in our car, whether it's on a mountain, whether it's actually in our room or in our closet, but God is so there and we just are receiving that invitation today. And we thank you for the keys that are unlocking the kingdom today because we respond to the yes into the quiet place. We love you, Father, and we adore you and we wanna just worship you And we thank you for all our moms. Bless my mom. Bless Sandy's mom. Bless my wife. Bless all the moms, all the wives. Your kingdom come to them and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week and head for the secret place. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboone.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.